But I feel like the Lord wanted me to bring a word of unity to you guys. Um, and that has been something that consistently in Mozambique we've had to, as a ministry, fight for as a team. Um, and it just it just got... I, do, I was just reminded because this is a church plant, obviously, you know, it's in the beginning stages um, or the grassroots kind of phase where there aren't the hundreds of people yet, right? So in our ministry, we've only got, you know, five, six, seven missionaries together, um, and it's been vital to us to fight for unity, literally day in, day out, because, you know, the devil doesn't want us to be taking ground. Obviously, you guys are here for a reason in Costa and in Sittingbourne, taking ground for the kingdom, right? So he's going to try and fight to take that off you guys. So I just felt that the Lord wanted me to encourage you guys on unity. Um, and coming in, I was thinking, okay, well, do they do they need to hear really about unity? Because I come into this place and already, you know, I've been in churches where there are hundreds and or thousands of people and this place does feel very unified, um, more unified than other places that I've seen. So I just want to encourage you on that, but really want to affirm that, if that's okay. Cool? So, so unity around, like, about what? So I felt as though being a church plant, unity should be about, especially a church plant, it should be about fulfilling the Great Commission and about getting our hands dirty for Jesus. Now, it's something that we all talk about, getting our hands dirty, you know, getting out there and doing it, but it's a different story sometimes when, when the Holy Spirit is prompting us and it's like, all right, come on, time to get your hands dirty. And sometimes it's just easier to walk past that person, isn't it? I think we'd be in agreement with that, right? Um, and just as I was kind of thinking on that thought, I just felt like Jesus showed me his hands. I was like, Jesus, what do you, what's the response to that? And he was like, look at my hands. Look at the, the holes and the nail-pierced hands, and I just saw the red dripping down. Sorry for the graphic, but... That's real, right? Jesus got his hands dirty for us and ultimately paying the highest price so that we could be free. And I just I don't want to just be up here and just say that because it's because it's blah that because it's you know cliche because we say it all the time. But just think for a second how important that is. Think what that means for us that the blood of his hands and his whole body took everything away from us, all of the sin and all of the condemnation. We can, I can jump around, look like a fool, and it doesn't matter anymore because I know I'm accepted in the Beloved. That's really, that's amazing. It's something that's worth, you know, fighting for and worth keeping that unity for. Um, and it's a goal, I feel, that's, um, you know, it should be in the forefront of our minds when we're pushing forward with ministry, especially in this stage. Um, getting our hands dirty and being unified for that cause of the Great Commission. I was thinking that um, I wasn't actually expecting them to cordon it off today. So I was thinking that there would be some visitors, but that's all right. So another question that kind of came up as I was thinking about it was, you know, walking down the street in Sittingbourne or wherever we are, it's not rare to walk past someone that's homeless. Right, so I'm guilty of this many times over, of just walking past. 
but there have been times where you know I've heeded the word of the Lord and, and wanted to and just okay here's the story I was in Miami this was about two and a half months ago in the States um, for about a week and I was walking along the street this one night just going to get some pizza by myself and um Obviously, finances are something that's on my mind constantly. It's like, you know, I want to be frugal and respect what the Lord's given me. So I'm like, don't really want to go and spend money on, you know, food. <laughs> but you have to, kind of. So, so I, um, I, I swallowed the pill. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go get a pizza. I was walking down the street and I passed this guy. I came up to him and he, he, sounded, he seemed like a Native American Indian type guy. And um, I just felt that nudge, you know, the Holy Spirit was like, God, you know, buy me pizza. God, it's already enough money to be being spent on my own pizza. But, you know, and so I walked past and sat there, had my pizza in the, in the store. And um, I walked out and that, that thought was just lingering in my mind. God, just get him a pizza. Come on, mate. Just one piece. And um, I started walking away, and I couldn't do it. I turned around, went back, and this is a simple story. This isn't groundbreaking stuff. But I bought this, some pizza, went back to this guy, and sat, just knelt down with him, got on his level, right, so to speak, and um, just gave him this pizza and just shared the gospel with him. And I prayed with him and was able to bless him, and he was really touched by that. And I walked away. Now... You'll never walk away from that situation thinking, man, that was a bit of a waste, wasn't it? Never. Just like you'll never, you know, at the end of your life, you'll never get to the end and be like, you know, I probably didn't need to pray that much or I really didn't need to read the Bible that much. We're never going to get those thoughts. So I walked away and I was like, you know what, that was worth it. Thank you, Lord, that you gave me the strength to do that, the strength to just to step out one more time. Um, and then... Literally the next day, I get this notification pop up on my phone with this insane sum of money that's just being dumped into my account. That was, you know, because this life is kind of traveling and doing what I'm doing, kind of just see the bank account go down, 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 and then just when I need it the most, you know, down, 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 like that. And so he was just testing that little obedience. And then it was just such a blessing to see that. Um, my mum's sending me love hearts. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> she knows I'm speaking today, so she's trying to send me the love. Anyway, I'll let her know that you guys all laughed because of that. So thanks, mum. <laughs> all right, sure. <laughs> I will afterwards. The Bible says, Blessed are the poor and lowly in heart, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And we know that God has chosen, specifically, there's something about God's heart for the poor and the needy, that he wants them to inherit the kingdom of God. Obviously, he loves all, but we know there's there's something about that. Are we willing to look like fools for Jesus? And, you know, there's that thought that when I was kneeling down with that guy on the street, there's hundreds of people walking past, you know, and this is Miami. This is not, this is a place that's very selfish, very self-centered and, and sensual. 
And so, you know, I'm kneeling down with this guy, kind of in the back of my mind thinking, oh, man, there's like hundreds of people looking at, judging me, you know. 1 Corinthians 4 tells us that we are fools for Christ. And that's what it takes. That's the cross that we have to bear. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a challenge every day to accept. Am I willing to take that cross on, to look like a fool for Jesus and, and just stop for the one, just stop for the needy person? Knowing that, you know, one, they might not be receptive, but two, all of the other people. There was, um, you know, I hope you guys like stories. Everyone does, right? So uh, I was in Vanuatu. This was my first ever missions trip. And this would have been about 2013, maybe 14. I was, how old would I have been then? I've got no idea. I was young. But just growing in the Lord and trying to step out in faith. And, and we were tiling this this church because the hurricane had destroyed the church and it was in the process of rebuild we were doing some tiling so i accompanied the pastor to the construction warehouse to buy you know a bunch of tiles and cement and that and we got there and there was a worker there that had one eye so one of his eyes had been somehow taken out and i was like well that's crazy to see first of all but second, you know, there's that knot in your spirit that's in your gut. It's like, go on, just step out and give him the word or, or pray for him or do something. And, um, you know, I was I was walking around in the back of the warehouse like, come on, God, don't make me do this. You know, battling with the Lord. And um, eventually I, I didn't do it. And so... But as soon as I walked out of that construction warehouse, I knew in my spirit that I I missed it. I missed the opportunity. And the thought of, what if that guy... And it's not about the eye. That's just a vehicle, I believe, to his soul. That's that's what Jesus means when he says, greater things you'll do than these, raising the dead, cleansing the leper. He says, greater things you will do. That, to me, he's actually referring to that in Scripture, in the context, as... It's a greater miracle that someone turns and repents in their soul, in their heart, than seeing someone raised from the dead. That's a greater miracle that God can change someone's heart like that. So that thought was just playing in my mind, and I said straight away, I was like, all right, God, if you'll give me another chance, I will go back. Next time I bump into him, I'll, I'll say something, or I'll pray for him. And... Um, it was the next day. We'd run out of tiles, of course, and so we had to go back. So I put my hand up. I was like, all right, I'm going to go back. Went back. Sure enough, he was the guard that was standing outside. So he was ready he was ready and willing. You know, um, the Lord had placed him there. So we got there, and I, as we were kind of paying for the stuff, I offered to pray for him. And, you know, it's a bit weird. He was a tall guy. I was a young kid. and I, But I asked him if I could put my hand on his eye. Just, you know, in faith that something was going to happen. Nothing happened, okay, yet. And I, I prayed for the blind. And I say this in with confidence that God's still good. I've prayed for lots of blind people in Africa already and still haven't seen it yet. But I have seen other things happen. I've seen deaf ears come open. Seen, I'll share another story in a minute. But that was a building block that the Lord gave me of stepping out um, for the needy and the, the helpless you know he's got he he was he needed help you know 
And so I was able to share with him and share the, the love of God with him. Even though nothing, no fireworks happened, I'm still trusting that God planted a seed in that guy's heart, right? So I was in, just another quick one, I was in, um, this is one of an actual miracle. So I was in Mozambique so this past, um, for about a year and a half, and it was coming towards the end of my stay there, and um, one, of my, one, of, one of the ladies in the ministry that has come out of um, prostitution, so they, um, they have a wider snow ministry where they create jewellery and you know, necklaces, earrings, and send it off to the States to sell so that they don't have to work in brothels. And along with that, they do a lot of deliverance ministry with them and character building through the Bible. So that's, it's awesome to be a part of. So one of them comes up to me one day, she says, Jordan, you have to come to my house and pray for my neighbor. He's about to die. I may have shared this story with you before, but it's a, it's a classic. I love it. Um, and so I was like, okay, sure, let's do it. And um, we went to her house to see her neighbor. He was, you know, sleeping on a mattress about the size of, you know, about the thickness of the tables, which is, you know, nothing. He had shorts on and nothing else in the room, just a concrete room. And that was something that I'd never seen before. This guy that was literally had nothing. Um, he had already he, he only had a few days left. Put it that way. With I could see with his, you know, of his body. She told me he had malaria, TB, and some liver disease at the same time. You know, and so this guy unfortunately couldn't afford uh, malaria medicine. Which was only was only about eight pounds for you guys, um, and so he only had an, another couple of days left. And so, I, of course, we were like, "Let's do it. Let's pray for healing. Let's believe that God can do this." And so we again got down and knelt down and shared with him um, through a translator, and and that was it—just a simple prayer and just showing the love of God and, and the compassion of Jesus, because we know that that's where a lot of the power of Jesus came from, his compassion for people, right? And so the next day, she, same lady came up to me. She's like, you'll never guess what happened. This guy, his name's Omar. This guy, my neighbor, um, stood up this morning. He hadn't eaten in like weeks, right? Because he was deteriorating. He stood up, had something to eat, and he walked to a completely separate village to show his, all his friends that he'd been healed. Which is crazy. You know, it doesn't, you know, that's Jesus right there. And that, the guy hadn't eaten, hadn't moved. Like, it was struggled just to give him a hug. And so he was doing that the next day. And so I was like, sweet, thank you, Lord. So we went back a few days later and actually full-on shared the gospel with him. And he gave his life to Jesus. And that was just like, you know, young man ministry. That's like, whoa, something happened. Like, a, a miracle actually happened. And, you know, along with the healing... Jesus did something greater, which was he repented of his sin and he gave his life to God. And um, that was a real staple for me in my faith and in my path. Two weeks after this, she came back to me and she said, he's just died. He just got sick again and died. And I was like, you're kidding, surely. Like, he's just become a new Christian and I'm looking at God, I'm like, dude, Sorry, with respect. <laughs> with respect, God. Dude. <laughs> Mate, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, but he's just become a new Christian, ready to, you know, 
get better and serve God with his life. And, and he's a baby Christian. He needs the milk of God, right? And he's just passed away. And but bang, reply comes back. I get an email, so to speak, from God. And, um, and he's like, don't worry. He's with me right now in heaven. And if you hadn't have... Like, it was his time. That's, that's beyond my scope of thinking. But it was his time. And if he hadn't have been obedient and stepped out, Again, this is the, the theme, stepping out for the needy. And that's what you guys are doing, which is really awesome. Just stepping out for the needy. If he hadn't have done that, he would not be in my presence right now. Because I tell you what, that guy had a day or two days left, max. With malaria, you only have a few days left. So Anyway. Where next? I love the example that Jesus gave us in that along with his bloody holy hands he also got on his knees and washed his washed the disciples feet you know that's getting your hands dirty and you know whilst that whilst he's not telling us maybe to do that to everyone it's it is very powerful to physically wash someone's feet but no if, if you've never done it um, I encourage you to do it if the Lord's putting that on your heart but it's something that's really powerful um, for yourself and for that other person. So just as that act of Jesus making, getting his hands dirty for us. Um, hopefully you've got your Bibles. Can we please turn to Luke 14? What time, Gordon, would you like to wrap up? Huh? I can go on. Sure. Easy. So Luke 14, verse 12. So Jesus was Jesus said, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbours, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread at the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God. Then he, being Jesus, said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask that you have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and into the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and there is still room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of these men, those men who are invited, shall taste my supper. Just, I'm going to go on for a second. 
Now these now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me, and I feel like this verse is really key for us, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and I believe that goes on to say finances, you know, all of those things that we're to hate compared to Christ. Which we generally know what that means, right? It's to not count it above Christ, okay? He cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So Jesus is pretty clear on going out and inviting the helpless, inviting those who really need God. Homeless physically, maybe, but homeless in spirit as well. We need to be on the lookout for that. Amen? I find it quite interesting that when he, when he was resurrected, in John 20, verse 7, um, he, when he came out of the tomb, he folded the napkin that was bound around his head. You know, because his body was wrapped up. He folded the napkin and left it there. But with the wrappings around his body, that was left in a heap. And I was like, I kind of, for a long time, didn't understand that or didn't even think that was significant. But it's actually hugely significant for us in that Jesus' work has been done. He's folded the napkin, closed, finished. His work is finished. His work is done. And so it's now up to the body, us, to continue our work, to do our work. And that is what he's called us to do, right? I'll just share one more story. That's cool. And, um, and then I'll... Yeah, then I'll close it up. When we're weak, he is strong. Now, that can be obviously physical... A lot of the times it's spiritual. You know. Personally, right now, I'm, pre- I'm really tired and I'm not feeling strong. But I'm really believing that hopefully you guys are getting something out of this, but also that the Lord's having his way with me. He's having his way in my own heart and changing my character too. Um, so when I was, um, I've just been traveling. So the last time I saw you guys, probably about three months ago, maybe. So I've just been in Portugal for two and a half weeks, Serbia for a month, and Scotland for a month, and uh, which is just—it's amazing the blessing that God's just rolling out. And I was in Serbia for the, about a month ago, and we're in a place called Leskovac, which is in southern Serbia, very close to the Bulgarian border. Um, and we went there for a day to just see this church of, of gypsy or, or Roma people—is what they're called. Um, and boy, can they worship God. Like, amazing. If anyone wants to see some video, I'll show you later. But um, we went out to this community, and I noticed that there was this guy that was really struggling to walk up his stairs, and I was like, okay, time to go pray. Obviously, that's happening for a reason. I had a bunch of kids around me that were helping translate. So we walked over there, full of faith, and um, offered and helped him up the stairs, first of all, asked him if we, he needed prayer. He had um, knees and ankle problems and, and I could tell his ear, hearing wasn't any good. It was shocking. 
and his wife also was having shocking dreams every night, like demonic stuff going on, and also her knees had trouble. So a host of problems that only Jesus can solve, right? So we started from the bottom, and um, I got down again. There's, that's actually, now that I'm saying it, it's actually a common theme. I'm just realizing that, is that just getting going low and like almost humbling yourself inside. That's a huge thing that's very important. Um, anyway, so got down and prayed for her ankles in Jesus' name. Started with her. Bang. Done. So she's like, ah, whoa, you know, she, uh, like in her own tongue, praise God. And then prayed for, so prayed for her knees. That's what I did first. And so she was fine. Then prayed for him. Ankles done, knees done. After that, I was like, okay, go back down the stairs that you just struggled with. Come back up. He goes down like, comes back straight up, just like that. And didn't even have to pray for his hearing. He was already praising God, wasn't even looking at me, just praising God up in the sky. Thank you, Lord. I offered to pray for his ears, but he was completely done. And so, hear my heart on that. I'm not saying that because I'm special. I'm saying that because he needed help. It was obvious. The Lord prompted me, and all it took was one step of faith. Because once you start making the one step, it's a lot easier to keep walking. You get closer. Even though your heart might be beating, you know, pounding and pounding, you might be nervous, it's easier to keep walking than to start walking. Okay? And he does the rest. 2 Timothy 2 tells us that, verse 3 to 4, tells us that as soldiers, right, we are soldiers, we've been in, you know, enrolled into God's army, we are to endure hardship as good soldiers of Jesus Christ and to not concern ourselves with the affairs of, of this life, right, so that we might be able to please him who has enlisted us. And... To me, the affairs of this life would be my own pride, my own ministry, maybe. That that can be a thing for some people, which I'm praying that the Lord kills inside of me, absolutely kills. And so I want to please him who enlisted me. And the way that I can do that is by stepping out in faith, being vulnerable, being a fool, because it looks foolish to just get down on knees and put your hands on someone's ankles and pray, thinking that something's going to happen. It looks foolish, doesn't it? But that's what God's called us to do, all of us, not just evangelists or you know people who feel the anointing. That's something that we're all called to do. Something, just in closing, I was, I've just been in Scotland and... Something that's really stuck with me at Mike's church is that they have this um, four days a week, they have a, it's kind of like a coffee shop where just this little room where they serve tea and coffee and biscuits just for free Um, and they open the doors up to the community and they get a solid 30, 35 people coming in and out daily, which is really cool and they've only just started it um, recently. And... um, what really struck me about it was the church has really come together for it. The people have been willing to get their hands dirty to sit down with people who might might not have had a shower in a while, might, you know, 
occasionally get some, I'm just being real, you know, forgive me for being real, but occasionally get a bit of spit on your face or, you know, the smell of cigarettes. The thing that struck me is that the people in that church are coming together, sacrificing the pride and getting down, again, getting down and putting their arm around someone. And that has already, in the few weeks that I've been in Scotland, um, has already, I've seen people turn and flip. And again, greater things. Um, that's an awesome miracle that someone's giving their lives to Jesus and repenting for their sin because they can see the body of Christ, the loving body of Christ, and our work's not yet done. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. Um, you guys are doing an awesome job as a church plant. Um, very excited to come back when I can. But I think I'll leave it there. Um, I think, because I don't know about you guys, but there's a, a huge impartation of faith in what Jordan's shared with us. I don't know about you, I'm thinking, come on God, help me make that first step to people that I might see this week. Um, and so what well, I just want to like, rather than just leave it there, let's go yeah. and let's be encouraged. Let's like maybe just take a moment in our heart, own heart to think, do, do you want to respond to that and receive, it says like receive a prophet, receive a prophet's reward, isn't it? So if there's an impartation to be got, do you want it? Um, if you do, let's just stand up. I'm just going to invite Jordan to pray for those who are standing. If you don't want it, it's fine. You can sit down. There's no judgment or anything like that. Um, but if you'd like faith to step out, to get low, and to just trust God that you might break through in someone's life and use you as the vehicle for that, um, then just stand up and I'll get Jordan just to pray for those of us that are standing. Um, and then we'll close it there. Is that all right? Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord, for um, Lord my words that have been yours. I hope today, I pray that um, someone, each person has received something from what you've said, um, from, Lord, the, the Bible verses that you've given me today. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that you would help each person that's standing to um, really be imparted with um, more compassion, Lord, the compassion of Jesus, um, and, Lord, the strength to to kneel down, Lord, even the strength to step out, just to take that one step forward. Um, and Lord, we just want to trust that your spirit will continue to help us um, take another step and to keep going, to keep pushing. Um, and Lord, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Um, and that's all of us here. So if there have been times where we've walked past, just homeless as an example, walked past and said, you know what, someone else will do it. We thank you, Lord, that you can wash that guilt away. Lord, thank you that you wash that condemnation away, Lord, that we have a, a fresh slate in you. Um, and every day, Lord, your mercies are new every morning. So I just pray right now that um, you would strengthen each person's faith right here today, um, that you would increase the compassion. Um, and I thank you, Lord, for already blessing the unity in this church. And I pray in Jesus' name that this church would be one of the foundation stones of this church, would be unity in getting your hands dirty, Lord, unity around the Great Commission and reaching the lost. I pray that would be a foundational stone right now in Jesus' name in this church. Um, and I just want to bless everyone that goes out from this place today. Help us, Lord, when we are weak and we don't feel like doing it, you are strong. Help us to remember that. In Jesus' name.
Ready. Ready.